Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative BioLabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Dear friends in the audience, you are welcome to listen to our program on time every Saturday night. Today, our sharing guest on the podcast is Dr. Benjamin Smith, who is well known to us. Let's welcome him with your warm applause. Would you say hello to our audience, Dr. Smith? Good evening, all dear followers of this podcast. Good evening, Connie. It is quite nice to see you again. Thank you for your kind invitation. I'm very excited to be here. It is well known that all sexually reproducing organisms originate from gametes formed by the differentiation of germ cells. Germ cells allow the reproduction of species through the transmission of genetic material and are the beginning of species formation and variation in the evolutionary process. Because many of the properties of germ cells are consistent across mammals, current research in this area has focused on the mouse as a model. Today, Dr. Smith and I will discuss the origin of the germ cell lineage of the mouse. It is known that the germ cell lineage of the mouse is not predetermined, but is established during gastrulation. First, how are primordial germ cells defined? In mammals, the germ cell lineage arises in the extraembryonic mesoderm at the posterior end of the primitive streak and terminates in the differentiation of eggs and spermatozoa. Germ cells migrate from the extraembryonic mesoderm to the two genital ridges, which then form the gonads. During this period of migration, they proliferate at a steady rate and are called primordial germ cells. From the time of entering the genital ridges, germ cells may be referred to as gonocytes. When germ cells temporarily arrest as prospermatogonia in G0 or G1 phase, Proliferation ceases in the male genital ridge. And, when germ cells enter the prophase of the first meiotic division as oocytes, they stop proliferating in the female genital ridge. These events occur before birth in mice and humans and mark the beginning of the lengthy process of spermatogenesis and oogenesis, as well as the end of the primordial phase of germ cell development. Can primordial germ cells be considered stem cells? No, they are not stem cells. Stem cells are usually defined as cells that can self-renew and the potency of differentiation. They can divide into two cells similar to themselves or one cell like themselves and one on a differentiation pathway. Primordial germ cells do not constitute a stem cell population at any stage, as each cell division they undergo puts them further along the developmental trajectory. Later in the male germ cell lineage, a true stem cell population is formed. Spermatogenic stem cells in the testis divide slowly throughout the male lifespan to form a self-renewing population, producing waves of proliferating spermatogonia. These spermatogonia enter meiosis as spermatocytes, then differentiate into spermatids and finally become mature spermatozoa. Under appropriate culture conditions, Primordial germ cells can give rise to infinitely proliferating populations of pluripotent stem cells in vitro, but in vivo, primordial germ cells are not stem cells. What is the basis of studies on primordial germ cells?
I believe it is the identification of primordial germ cells. Primordial germ cells of mammals generally have the property of expressing high levels of alkaline phosphatase. The distribution of primordial germ cells in the embryo can be shown by staining. Throughout the primordial period, tissue nonspecific alkaline phosphatase activity is significantly higher in germ cells than in the surrounding somatic cells. Histology, electron microscopy, and various genetic markers can also be used to identify primordial germ cells. Once the elantois starts to grow, it forms a convenient landmark where clusters of primordial germ cells can be found at its base. In the midgast relation, a cluster of about 45 cells could be first identified at the same location before the appearance of an elantois. Could you present some of the results of early studies? Sure. In many invertebrates and lower vertebrates, the germline can be traced back to very early development, even to the egg. In Drosophila melanogaster, the germline originates from the polplasm, bound to the first formed polar cells. In Cenerobditis elegans, germ cell determinants present in the egg segregate asymmetrically in the first four cell divisions to form the germline. In Anurin amphibia, including Xenopus lavus, the germplasm evident in the egg can be followed into the germ cells during their formation. In zebrafish and chick, Homologous expression of the germline-specific gene VASA is localized in the germplasm from early cleavage stages onward. No such lineage has been found in any mammal. Luckily, transplantation studies had determined that the ancestors of the germ cell lineage were found in the epiblast, which is derived from the inner cell mass of the blastocyst, rather than from the outer trophectoderm. Can I understand that germ cell lineage is species-specific? Absolutely. In amphibians, the germ cell lineage can be traced back to the eggs of frogs and toads. In contrast, in uridials, germ cell lineage is induced in the midgastrulation, in the mesoderm, similar to mammals. It has been proposed that uridial mammals have a more primitive developmental mode. The early determination mode, characterized by germplasm, must have derived from several different periods during evolution. This view is supported by germline-specific gene expression patterns. For example, Vesa and Diaziel are similar in uridials in mammals, and primitive fishes, but vary considerably in anura, chick, zebrafish, fruit fly, and worm. How can fate mapping of the mouse epiblast be achieved? It can be achieved by injecting a persistent fluorochrome into individual epiblast cells removed from the uterus early in early gastrulation. After 48 hours of the culture of the embryos, the tissue fate of the cloned descendants of the injected cells can be observed. A study confirmed that only cells at the most proximal end of the epiblast, that is, those close to the extraembryonic ectoderm, included primordial germ cells among their descendants. The fact that none of the clones consisted of only primordial germ cells indicates that the injected cells were not lineage-restricted at the time of injection. 
Primordial germ cells represent only a small proportion of each marked clone and marked primordial germ cells represent only a small fraction of the total number of tissue nonspecific alkaline phosphatase positive primordial germ cells. Clonal analysis indicated that the most likely time of germ cell specialization was 7.2 days post-coatum. It is approximately the time when a cluster of presumably tissue nonspecific alkaline phosphatase positive germ cells was first identified in the extraembryonic mesoderm. What about those clones without any primordial germ cells? Those clones generally contained higher numbers of cells, and the fewer the primordial germ cells, the greater the total number of cells. This demonstrated that germ cell determination was strongly correlated with an increase in cell doubling time. For primordial germ cells, the cell doubling time was approximately 16 hours, compared to 6 to 7 hours for surrounding somatic extraembryonic mesoderm cells. A similar figure was obtained by counting primordial germ cells on successive days. Are there studies that have advanced the understanding of germ cell determination? Of course. In one study, about six epiblast cells expressing the transcriptional repressor PRDM1 were identified as early as 6.25 days post-coatum proximal to the posterior end of the embryo before gastrulation. From 6.5 to 7.2 days post-coatum, more epiblast cells expressed PRDM1. At 7.2 days post-coatum, all PRDM1-positive epiblast cells undergo specification. Thereafter, no more cells enter the germ cell lineage. In addition, progenitor primordial germ cells expressing PRDM1 are indeed restricted by the lineage, as they can only produce primordial germ cells if they are allowed to develop normally. What are the key signaling factors that affect germ cell lineage? BMP4 protein acts as a signaling molecule and is normally expressed in the extraembryonic ectoderm. Gene BMP4 homozygous mutants die around the time of gastrulation. Using a combination of strains that survived until late gastrulation, it was shown that the homozygotes had no allantois and no primordial germ cells. In chimeras formed by normal embryonic stem cells together with BMP4 negative embryos, the epiblast contains both cell types, but extraembryonic tissues without embryonic stem cell derivatives are all BMP4 negative and also lack allantois and primordial germ cells. Thus, BMP4 expression in the extraembryonic ectoderm is required for the establishment of germ cell lineages. This implies that there is a BMP4-dependent signal to the immediately adjacent proximal epiblast cells. Furthermore, numbers of primordial germ cells are also reduced in BMP8b and BMP2 mutants, suggesting that BMP8b derived from extraembryonic ectoderm and BMP2 produced by visceral endoderm are also involved in signaling, possibly interacting with BMP4. So, signaling from the extraembryonic ectoderm and the visceral endoderm is necessary for germ cell determination. How to prove it? This further evidence comes from experiments in which distal epiblast cells that would normally produce neurectoderm were transplanted to a proximal location at 6.5 days post-coatum. 
Some of the formed primordial germ cells expressed genetic markers carried by the donor embryos. What this finding suggests is that if receiving the appropriate signals, all epiblast cells in the early gastrulation have the potential to develop into primordial germ cells. The signals from the extraembryonic ectoderm and visceral endoderm may predispose the neighboring posterior proximal epiblast cells to germ cell fate by inducing PRDM1 expression. However, they do not determine germ cell fate because, as mentioned earlier, for some epiblast cells only a small fraction of descendants become primordial germ cells. It is agreed that PRDM1 expression is necessary but not sufficient to ensure the determination of germ cells. From the time the cells passed through the primitive streak and reached the cluster region, one or more further signals may be required to complete the specification process and stop further movement. This further signal or signals may originate in the extraembryonic mesoderm. Specifically, which genetic markers belong to the mammalian germ cell lineage? For decades, the only useful genetic marker in the initial stages of the mammalian germ cell lineage was the high level of expression of TNAP. During gastrulation, OCT4 is widely expressed so that the primordial germ cells are not distinguished from surrounding tissues until about eight days post-coitum. Other useful markers with slightly later expression include SSEA1, mouse VESA homologue, Dazzle, and NANOG. A study reported that single-cell complementary DNA libraries were constructed from the cluster region of 7.0 to 7.5 days post-coitum mouse embryos, and primordial germ cell libraries could be distinguished from somatic cell libraries by higher expression levels of TNAP and deletion expression of HOXP1. I read that two new germ cell-specific genes, Fragilis and Stella, were isolated from the primordial germ cell libraries. Could you be specific about these two genes? Sure. The gene Fragilis belongs to a widely distributed family of interferon-inducible genes, with other members encoding proteins that display homotypic adhesion and changes in cell cycle regulation. Beginning at approximately six days post-coitum, Fragilis is expressed in the proximal region of the epiblast. As epiblast cells move toward the primitive streak, their expression pattern changes, and it is concentrated around the cluster region of PRDM1-positive primordial germ cell progenitors by 7.2 days post-coitum. In addition, Fragilis is down-regulated once primordial germ cells begin to migrate, although it reappears later. In contrast, Stella is a novel gene that carries a nuclear localization signal. When primordial germ cells can first be visible through TNAP activity, Stella is upregulated in the cluster region with the strongest fragilis expression. In addition, during germ cell migration and entry into the genital ridges, Stella maintains primordial germ cell-specific expression. Thus, it provides a valuable new germ cell-specific genetic marker. Unlike PRDM1, but similar to TNAP, both Fragilis and Stella are required for primordial germ cell determination. So much for our content today. Let's thank Dr. Smith for his wonderful scientific sharing. Thank you for listening. There will be more interesting topics waiting for us in the next program.
See you next time. Thank you. I hope we will see you next time.